Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Western Podcast. This is episode eight of season four. My name is Nicole Catalina. I am one of the writers for the Western, and I'd like to thank you all for tuning in.、Um, as always, I just wanted to say your support for this season has been really amazing. It's been so outstanding, and we really appreciate you guys listening to us these past few weeks.、Um, I just wanted to say as well, we're actually officially at the halfway point for this season. So. Eight episodes down, eight more to go.、Um, really exciting.、Um, so after this episode, we're actually going to take a bit of a break, and we're going to spend the next few weeks contacting new guests for this season、um, and recording more episodes. And during this time, we'll be creating more content for you guys. Hopefully, we'll have like more write-ups, more live pieces, more interviews, maybe a little event or two here and there. But yeah, don't miss us too much on this podcast. We still have some very exciting things coming up for you guys. It's super, super exciting. Um, to fill in this void, we will be debuting a new podcast very soon.、Um, I don't know when, but it'll be very, very soon.、Um, so this podcast is by Laura and Clarissa, and is the aptly titled "Fem Fresh Podcast."、Um, I've seen a little bit of their stuff.、Um, I've heard a bit of their stuff as well.、Um, it's so fun. It's so entertaining. I think you girls will love it.、Um, so look forward to listening to that very soon. And Last note as well, we have some very exciting news. We have a new member on the Western team.、Um, they will be filling in some very big shoes for the platform, but believe me, they will do an amazing job. <laughs> They're right next to me right now.、Um, I won't say who it is, but you will get to know a bit more about them very, very soon.、Um, I'll intro this person on a very special episode、um, of the podcast. You'll get to know a bit more about them. So yeah, I'm really excited to welcome them on the team. But <laughs> if you want to give us more feedback,、um, don't forget to DM us on Instagram. So our Instagram is the Western. So that's at the dot Western, or you can hit us up on our website, thewestern.com.au. And if you're listening to us on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to review us or leave a comment. So just for this episode, as always, I just want to start with an acknowledgement to country. On behalf of the Western team, we would like to acknowledge the Darug people as the traditional custodians of the land where we are currently recording this podcast. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present, emerging, and continue to acknowledge their spiritual connection to country. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. So, for this episode, we have another artist. She also happens to be another uni friend of mine, and she, we actually haven't spoken. About her on this platform so far, so I'd like to introduce her. Her name is Annie Shin. Who is she?、Um, Annie Aram Shin is an emerging Korean Australian artist based in Darug Country, Doonside. Shin recently completed her Bachelor of Fine Arts and is continuing her Bachelor of Advanced Science with an honours in Psychology at the University of New South Wales. Her practice empl- employs an art for my sake approach to realise and explain the psychological processes and frameworks that underlie her aesthetical choices and mental state. Through art making, she turns to queries of angst and internalizations, implications of applied psychology, and fragments of the self that were birthed from them. She has been awarded the Local Artist Award for the Blacktown City Art Prize. She is also exhibited across Sydney in group shows at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, UNSW Galleries, Kudos Galleries, and the Leo Kelly Blacktown Arts Centre. Shin has also facilitated creative workshops for the Blacktown Arts Centre (UNSW) and Front Up, and is currently interning at Killinit Experimental Ceramic Studio to further her experience with ceramics. So, without further ado, Annie, welcome to the show! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> My Thanks、God. for having me. Oh, good, and thank you for being on this show. As always, you have achieved so much. Like when I was reading out your bio, I'm just like, holy shit, girl. Oh, have I? <laughs> you have, like, oh my god, like, you you, you haven't just exhibited here, like,、mm. at Blacktown. You've been like across Sydney. Like, how amazing、yeah. is that? And how are you enjoying your internship? I've seen your stories. Yeah, internship is a lot of physical work, and I guess a lot of inspiration just watching artworks come in and out of the kiln and into、mm. the studio as well, and a lot of talking with the artists who are there. Artists who are managing the place and artists who are residing in the studio as well.、Mm-hmm. So just a lot of creative juice flowing. 
Mm, yeah that's awesome good yeah. to be immersed in that yeah yeah it's very stimulating those experiences mm, mm, yeah is it paid pardon is it paid unfortunately it is not uh, but <laughs> i do get free firings and i get to use the facilities here and there mm. um yeah so Lucky i guess semi paid yeah yeah <laughs> <Use utilities laughs> a wink and a yeah. nudge there it's fine yeah. <laughs> use your resources while you can yeah yeah, yeah. anyway um I have a little icebreaker for you. Mm. We did this last week. Um, and we're going to do it again. Um, okay. Have you heard of the reflex game? No, I have not. Okay. And I'm scared. Okay, <laughs> don't worry. I'll teach you. Um, Great. So, um, I shuffled these in advance. Mm-hmm. What it is. Oh, yep. So, you will open it for me. <laughs> you mysterious person. <laughs> um, yeah, so these have been shuffled in advance. Um, awesome. And what it is, you pick out a card. Mm-hmm. And I'll grab half the deck, actually. Um, and we have to answer them together. Great. So they're pretty deep questions. We'll do cool. two each. Sounds um, good. I'll start with you. So pick one from the deck. Just anywhere from the deck. Any from the deck. It could be at the oh. top, at the bottom, middle. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm very indecisive. It's okay. I'll go with this one. It's okay. Oh. This one is something that I struggle with all the time answering. Say it. So the question is, what's one thing you love about yourself? Oh, <laughs> hitting with the deep question. The tables have tabled. Yes. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. And it's okay if you're struggling. Cause yeah, it's like something that I've been working on for the past maybe two years, I think. Um, I think someone pointed out to me how self-critical I am. And they're like, you have to genuinely mean this, but they asked me this exact question. And I remember the first time someone asked me, I couldn't answer for like maybe a couple of hours. Um, But yeah, I think one thing that I love about myself at this moment is um, I've become a bit bolder with my life decisions. Mm. And I guess I'm I'm less scared um, to take on what I consider risks. Mm. Um, Hence with my break here as well from uni um that was like a big step for me um regardless of how others might see it so i think yeah i love my growing self my maturing self and i guess my more daring self i guess yes that's a beautiful answer (laughs) oh my god yeah it's great to take big steps like that like get yourself out there Mm. love to see it i mean yeah if there's one thing i love about myself um I think it's just me holding accountability, which is really weird to say. Mm. But I think, like, it's good to romanticize yourself. But I think if you see yourself consistently as positive, then mm. and having too much expectations of being a positive person all the time, then I think that just puts a lot of shit and a lot of pressure on you. Mm. So I think like acknowledging your flaws and working on yourself and seeing yourself as a type of process is really fruitful. So yeah. Mm. Okay, I'll pick one out. Oh, another love thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you're capable of loving someone unconditionally? Ooh. Do you want to go first? <laughs> I need a bit more time. <laughs> I, I literally journaled about this tonight. Wow. Um, I daydream a lot about like partners and like potential partners. And like I've only been in one relationship, but... I think I am and I understand that there's so much labor into being in a relationship but I think at this point in time hmm I think I am yeah I just have to be ready and mentally prepared for what's there to come and just yeah it's so much sorry (laughs) what's what's your answer Annie um, I think my answer to the question is I've seen it modeled in my faith as a Christian from someone external who is God. And um, because God's love being unconditional has been poured out onto me first. And I know what that looks like. Um, I think I am also capable of doing that, empowered by him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not sure because I'm not there yet. And I haven't really considered it until um, this stage in my life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, maybe. But I think the potential is there. 
yeah that, that's that's a great answer yeah i think it's important to bring some sense of spirituality into it mm. yeah because not everyone really considers that um whether or not you're a spiritual person mm. but yeah two more you pick one again <laughs> two more you're really breaking the ice. We're going down the layers. <laughs> so the question is, would you rather waste your time or money? Waste my time. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I love wasting money, but, <laughs> like, my the house is, like, so cluttered. And, like, I just hate hoarding things and like I just have such emotional attachment uh, emotional attachment to objects and mm. I just can't like I just rather I'd rather have less emotional attachment to objects and like buying things out of um impulsion mm. and just waste my own time doing like I don't know jack shit I don't know <laughs> what's your answer uh I think it's a definite I would rather waste money mm. I think yeah i think i've sort of lost my attachment to money or has have been losing my attachment to it for quite some time and i don't know i seem to be running around from place to place Mm -hmm. and i think as a tertiary student who's been traveling to kensington for four and a half years Mm -hmm. every other day for uni Mm -hmm. and i guess when we finally went into isolation period i realized those three hours in a day are so precious. Yeah. And I guess even that little bit of time did so much to sort of replenish me. Yeah. And I realized oh, I'd rather waste <laughs> money than time. Yeah. And that has been a big thing, I guess, for me for a while. So, yes, oh, money. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And technically time is money. So, mm. yeah. yeah. That's a great answer. One more. Oh, this is a really deep one. Are we the source of our own problems? Do we create problems in our mind to give us something to focus on? Okay, let's put it in the middle. So are we the source of our own problems? Um, I feel like it depends on the situation. Like, if you sort of bring it onto yourself and you want to, like, stir shit up deliberately, then yes, you are the source of your own problems. But... I think it's an unhealthy habit to have, like just start shit all the time, just out of boredom. I mean, yes, I love drama, but <laughs> I feel like there's just, you need some rest between the drama. Um, and if you think you're creating your problem, like if, yeah, if, if you keep creating problems for yourself or like as a way to, it's almost like a coping mechanism. It's a very unhealthy cop- coping mechanism if you just, start shit all the time just so you can focus less on other problems Mm. you're building layers that are not good for you that's my answer (laughs) (laughs) that's interesting um well there's two questions right so it's like are we the source of our own problems Mm. i don't know i guess as a person who studied psych a bit um i guess this question is very frequent in like sort of people who struggle with depression um and i think i don't know from my observation of people that i've been surrounded with all my life i guess there's certain qualities and characters that you have that do attract certain things in life Mm -hmm. and you find yourself oh i ended up in this situation but i don't know why Mm -hmm. um or it might be the way you react to certain situations that curveball up to something Mm -hmm that would have been pretty obvious to someone else Mm -hmm. so I feel like it's yes and no again like you said I think it's very context dependent um but the second question do we create problems in our minds to give us something to focus on I don't know that's I never thought about it that way Mm -hmm. but I guess these problems create episodes in our lives Mm -hmm. so if our lives were like a film or like a tv series I guess whether our character or our persons as individuals is sharpened or Mm. i guess broken down from these problems it gives us like a purpose a little bit i guess um maybe something to cling on to as in like oh this is the next episode in my life yeah maybe um so i'm not too sure about 
the second question yeah. <laughs> either. I think no, that's a, yeah. that's a good point because mm. I think like we are sort of surrounded by our own issues and mm. the uh, this idea of like a problem mm. like this. I guess there's like different scales of a problem. Yeah, like if you have a financial problem, or that's you will get right. paid, or you know have a relationship problem or uni problem like mm. getting behind with due dates like that's yeah it's absolutely contextual and yeah i love these questions like yeah, i think that's probably the most loaded thing we have asked so wow. <laughs> <laughs> it is quite loaded and that's yeah. why i love to start this episode that way yeah yeah I th- it's not only do i have to not think of any more questions but mm, they think for me that's delightful yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway we'll get into your questions yeah. <laughs> again <laughs> thank you so much for joining the show um okay. i think yeah i wanted to talk heaps about not only about your practice but also mm. just talk more broadly about like the arts in western sydney and just where the community is going so yeah let's just go back to the very 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 beginning describe to me your very earliest memory of making art what sort of motivated you to making art and was sculpture something that you've always been into or was it something that came before sculpture Mm. so I think earliest memory is probably when I was three years old (laughs) how cute (laughs) I remember what I drew distinctively so it was like a drawing with like colored markers Mm. and I drew like this baby doll I had um, with like red overalls and yellow t-shirt and like a brunette hair <laughs> and I remember just being so proud of it and don't know what my parents did with it but that's my earliest memory so I started with a drawing. Um, I guess what motivated me to do more art? Um, I think initially in my early life maybe around elementary junior school that sort of period Mm -hmm. I think um, I grew up in South Korea um, for the first half of my life Mm -hmm. and I think it made me feel set apart Um, Mm -hmm. not in like an elitist way but because the kids that would also make art alongside me we were all very like making unique things and I really love that um, that we didn't all have to be studying or drawing the exact same thing but no matter what we make it'll always turn out a bit different so I love that um, little spontaneity like little individual part that we add on to each of our artworks um, when I was very very young and then later when I had the chance to pursue it in a tertiary setting I think what drove me to keep making was first of all I sort of wanted to rebel so it was kind of like a rebellious decision against um people who told me oh how I should be studying this particular thing or how I should be living in this particular way Mm -hmm. and I think what triggered me the most was you can keep art as a hobby right and um because I grew up making I didn't want to I guess belittle making as a hobby although it definitely could be a hobby it is an awesome hobby but Mm. like it was something so big in my life that I did not want to and kind of wanted to prove against it being belittled as a hobby Mm. um so yeah that's with that's what was flowing flowing through my mind when I took it up later in uni Mm. and yeah and I guess I love how art leaves an impression on you and I wanted to do that for myself for other people so that was the second biggest reason Mm -hmm. um yeah so that's what drove me to make and pursue art Mm -hmm. and what was the last question it was have you always been into sculpture sculpture um yeah so I think no no is my answer I haven't always been into sculpture I I think (laughs) I think I've seen you drawn like yeah a bit of stuff here and there I didn't pick up sculpture until second year uni yeah and I don't know what got me suddenly into it but because um the qualities of artworks that I love is that they leave an impression Mm. and they have a presence and I was trying to look for ways that um I started with paintings I guess and drawings more two-dimensional materials and I was like what 
could I imbue onto my artworks that would make it have more of a presence mm. or sort of like in your face kind of thing. And then I took up ceramics mm. and ceramics have a very bold, like here I am mm. positioned on a desk or like mm-hmm. a little, um, I guess, pedestal or something. And the physical presence that it has, um, that's like, very tangible Mm -hmm. even more so than something two-dimensional was something that really spoke to me um yeah so I guess since then I've been trying to use the three-dimensional qualities in ceramics bring it over to painting Mm -hmm. and likewise can I make ceramics more flat or like a bit more two-dimensional more animated and things like that so yeah not always have been into sculpture Mm. yeah oh that's great Mm. that's great and I just want to comment on like the fact that like you used your like your interest in art as a way to rebel I think (laughs) that's just rebellion I don't think we've discussed that in the season so far but I think using art to rebel is so there's so much power in that because art especially is such it comes with its own stigma in a way eh? Mm. like yeah like every anytime I, th- I think you can kind of relate. Like anytime you sort of bring up being or studying arts or fine arts, mm. they kind of ask you, oh, what are you going to do after you graduate? It's almost like such a yeah. testing question. And, you know, it's okay if you're not getting any like financial gain out of it. Like if you're passionate about it and you find some qualities in ceramics of sculpture that you really appreciate, I think that's amazing as it is. Mm. Um, yeah. I think you kind of answered my second question <laughs> about, um, not because um, my second question is about what you like the most about ceramics and sculpture, and ah, I think that's a beautiful. Right. I think that's beautiful. Um, yeah. Like, but do you think it offers something else that mm. can't really be brought out in other mediums, so like drawing or painting? Because you say you kind of implied that ceramics and sculpture is such an imposing um, medium. Yeah, I think. Um, mm, well, I guess what separates disciplines from one another especially in art it's probably tied to materiality the most I think Mm -hmm. and I think ceramics you start from dirt literally and it goes through a few firings and it becomes something that's almost semi-permanent or Mm -hmm. it has a very slow impermanence like it will last thousands of years beyond the scope of my lifetime Mm -hmm. and maybe humanity's lifetime i have no idea um so it's almost like immortality in it almost i think like we find like ceramics all the time from like and we hear people um that sold their grandma's ceramics and it turned out to be something from like this dynasty and they're like wow this thing has lasted for like a couple thousands of years Mm -hmm. so i love that um i guess semi-permanence it has and i think it's more durable than other mediums i guess yeah. in ways unless you go about deliberately destroying it yeah um and i guess like paintings can be painted over and like drawings spill water on it and it's gone yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i feel like it has that weird um uh, i guess again permanence mm-hmm. that can't be easily found i guess uh, apart from sculpture yeah um yeah and I also love like how ceramics makes you become all these things at the same time so what I mean by that is you have to be a bit of a chemist you have to be a bit of a technician to fire things and to make glazes yeah um maybe an alchemist and a painter at the same time I guess Mm. when you're glazing um sculptor obviously you have to draw yeah and sometimes or most of the times you feel like a baker. Like, mm. you feel like you're baking That's these babies. Um, yeah, and I guess ceramics is very sensory. Yeah. Um, like, you can't do s- ceramics without touching it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Whereas, like, with painting, you might not necessarily have to touch the paint. Um, you might be using other means to become, like, part of your body to interact with the medium. Mm-hmm. But with ceramics, I think you have to be engaged with it um yeah so engagement and permanence i think is mm. really cool that's awesome yeah yeah, yeah no that's true mm. like especially when you mentioned that there's so many like 
ceramics and sculpture just requires you to take on so many tasks and so many roles like it does require like some science to it and yeah. it's so deeply laborious like yeah <laughs> like so so laborious but i think there's a really good payoff in it eh? yeah yeah Agreed. um yeah yeah <laughs> um my next question um i know you said psychology has a really huge influence in your art um what else sort of inspires your work um mm. either conceptually or on a practice so do you have other artists that you like to cite as inspiration any music or even like things that you read like what inspires you outside of psychology yeah i thought about this because um when all my friends started doing their honors this was like their big first thing that they start off with like they pull all the influences that they've ever had and they try and find their own practice and I was like maybe I should do that even though I'm not an honors so I think I had a chance to think about it and psychology is a big one and my own mental health journey is a big one Mm -hmm. um but apart from those let's see um I think people inspire me the most Mm. what things intrigue people what things like provoke people I think that's a pretty cop-out answer because psychology is very much tied to people and their minds and yeah. what they see and yeah. how they perceive things. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, like how people cope with certain things, that's also, also a cop-out because yeah. mental health related. Um, but otherwise, I guess I'm quite inspired by books, mm-hmm. um, although I'm struggling to read at the moment. Um, yeah. I'm drawn to certain books that sort of fit like a puzzle like it all makes sense at the end like yeah. or the book itself is laid out like a maze yeah but it all fits at the end yeah yeah um so i think i realize i'm drawn to things that are either collaged together and it makes sense or like oh i have no idea where this is going but in the end it fits like a yeah whole picture mm-hmm. so i've been drawn to like fashion how people like style like all these different items together but it makes sense Mm, like how could you even work with like a cowboy hat or like this chain that's like neon and I'm like wow it just makes sense at the end so like I guess pleasant dissonance Mm -hmm. um things that give me some of that or like unexpected harmony as well so mm-hmm. movies also go with that I think mm-hmm. when I'm like where is this film going yeah. <laughs> I have no idea <laughs> but it pulls itself together at the end so yeah. beautifully and I'm just like damn that's yeah. so good yeah. so I think that satisfaction that comes from like the dissonance working towards harmony mm-hmm. um yeah and I think in terms of style um I guess I'm more drawn to like abstract things because it gives me a challenge to piece things together in a way that could work or could not work Mm -hmm. um but a lot of um friends have told me that my sculptures look a bit like what is his name anthony gordy gordy's buildings and stuff oh yeah 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 Yeah. so i looked into that and i was like wow i definitely vibe with this yeah so (laughs) a lot of like gordy things yeah (laughs) um and i think it's because it's so raw it's so like Mm. it looks like it's alive (laughs) yeah and yeah I guess recently I've been more drawn to things that look I guess I'm forgetting the word um bimorphic yeah Yeah. things like that so style more on the collage assemblage Mm. that sort of thing just putting things together yeah or they look like lively Mm. bimorphic smoothened out things like that um Mm. another thing i love i think is jazz because it's all like improvisation and you're like how is this guy gonna work with this cellist that they've never met before yeah so again like collaboration but it all makes sense at the end yeah yeah um so i think i love that and i love like sort of even if it's not my field like fashion definitely not my field but I just love sitting down and thinking through Mm -hmm. how did they think that this would work harmoniously so that's like a continuous research I'm doing Mm -hmm. what gave them the clue that this would sit well together Mm -hmm. that sort of thing so yeah that's what I'm inspired by I realized (laughs) that's awesome yeah and I love that you sort of 
see this idea of like different like multiple things working at once like not just an art but also just that's sort of like what motivates what interests you in music and in literature and um i think that's something that can be easily overlooked like you don't really think about like the specific mechanics or the nuances that sort of make something whole and mm. i think that's beautiful yeah i mm. love that for you mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're gonna delve a bit deeper into um community and practice um in the next few questions so one of the things that has been recurring throughout the podcast so far is we have different creators who are very influenced by Western Sydney. So we have Raven in the first episode who is um, influenced by his own experiences in the suburbs. Um, you've got Gerard, who is a filmmaker who is influenced by the Filipino diaspora um, in filmmaking. And he ha we had Christine a few weeks ago um, who sort of talks about Mountie County in <laughs> her TikToks and um, just sort of uses it as... Um, comedy um, which is yeah amazing and you know this is a recurring thing that's been happening a lot in this podcast um, would you say that your Western Sydney roots influence your art making if not why or why not so mm. I think I had to sit down and think about this question yeah because <laughs> um, yeah as a person who's lived half her life overseas mm -hmm. and half her life here mm -hmm. I was like hmm very split down the middle and I think my answer is the same it's a yes and a no <laughs> and that, I think that's okay yeah. yeah so yes in the sense that I think it subconsciously comes out um and um I think either it's the people that I've been surrounded by in my later upbringing or like what art I've been exposed to during that time yeah. or not exposed to and I think most importantly, what resources have been available to me in the West as well. Yeah. Um, like whether that be art galleries or people. Yeah. Or actual materials or even the environment itself. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, but I feel like it's more subconscious and natural yeah. and it comes out. And knowing the sense that my more refined end of artistic upbringing was... I guess within closed doors like institutions and mm. when I made it was always within an academic setting yeah and I somehow never really ventured to make work outside of that because mm. it occupies so much of my time yeah. so I think conception and like conceptualization of my work um, is a mix of yes western Sydney and broader or even overseas like South Korea, yeah, my yeah. back background. And I think the execution itself, I think Western Sydney roots sort of sit like a filter. And I feel yeah. like it inevitably does affect my work. So yes, and I know. <laughs> okay, no, that's yeah. a fair answer. Yeah. yeah. Um, on that note though, is that, mm. would you want to... Because I think we've talked a bit about how you're just now chipping the surface of mm -hmm. um, the Western Sydney community in terms of yeah. arts. Um, is the local something that you want to include more into your work or is that something that you want to reflect more, um, mm. either purposely or like, mm. yeah, or more explicitly even? Because, yeah, from the sounds of it, your work is so deeply... <laughs> It's deep and it's also <laughs> very like introspective because you deal with a lot of psychology, which I love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you don't really speak a lot about like no. the psychology of Western Sydney, if there is one. Yeah. Um, but is that something that you would want to explore, like not even in sculpture, but like even mm. in other parts of your practice? Yeah. I think at the moment, I'm not sure because I'm not sure where I sit with local experience um i think as i sort of touched on it before um at some points i don't truly feel like a local and i'm like have i been ignoring my western roots by attending an art school in like paddington i don't know or do i have rights to talk about a local experience when i haven't had the full-fledged local life or like what is the local experience <laughs> so i think i question that a lot because um, I feel like apart from me being a resident here for 
nearly over a decade and having connections here, I'm not sure if I'm living the stereotypical local life or am I internalizing certain stereotypes or am I too used to it that I don't see it? Um, so yeah, at the moment I'm trying, I'm kind of on the fence with it because I'm not sure if I have the right to talk about it. I'm not sure what am I bringing into this thing that I would call local experience. Does that add on to things that have been um, conceived about Western Sydney already or does it change things? Um, yeah, does it diversify it or does it take in a different direction? Is it something that I even want to touch? I think that's something I'm trying to still reflect on and answer. Um, yeah, but at the moment, I'm not sure if it overlaps with what I'm interested in at the moment. But you did mention like the psychology of Western Sydney. So I think that's something that might be a breakthrough. Mm. I have no idea. It but that is something to dwell on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, th- that, yeah. could, that could be a potential gap that you can mm. like fill in. And I think that's a good point because locality, there's like so many different ways to articulate locality. Um, mm. It's something that like we sort of discussed in the podcast a few weeks back about having the sense of collectivity, but also yeah. not like monolithing all of these experiences into one thing. Yeah. And I think that's a- absolutely okay if you don't, if you don't know. Yeah, I have no <laughs> <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> <laughs> Uncertainty yeah. is like something that like to have, that we have to have confidence <laughs> in. Like that sounds so oxymoronic, but like yeah. sometimes you have to have confidence to say, I yeah. don't know. But like, I do love yeah. bridging gaps between disciplines like my art and psych practice so maybe bridging the gap between where i grew up in later and what i'm interested in is also another task mm. in my creative journey i don't know mm. but it's something to think about we'll see yeah just say the mm. podcast inspired you <laughs> <laughs> yes our credit yeah credit under each of my artworks yes the yes. western <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay um next question mm. um because you mentioned you've you're a very you're a very involved member of Blackton Art Center, or like you volunteer there a lot. Um, yeah. So before before all that, before all the mm. workshopping, um, what was your experiences as an artist like? Um, were you still able to find a sense of community within uni? Because you did say like mm. you produce a lot of your works um, mm, mm, mm. within you know this institution. So what was your experiences like with making art? Yeah. So I guess for your first question, before the center. Really not much because before, when did I start volunteering? I think a couple years back and that was sort of around first, second year uni. Yeah. So before then it would have been high school. Um, and I guess my experience of like community, especially in the creative side, was very limited, um, very confined to my high school network or network stemming from high school. So and not much opportunity either and I think I was a just a very reserved person and I was very shy about approaching people in the first place um and not only that how do I approach like creatives like because I know they speak and live in a different like way of thinking Mm -hmm. so I think I was just a bit scared a bit shy (laughs) back then and I didn't know I had um I guess even a center to approach until I did um, end up knocking on its doors. So yeah, I feel like I probably just didn't do enough research (laughs) and I didn't know there were all these opportunities. So before the center, really not much. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, in terms of community at uni, it's a definite yes. But I also feel like um, when we talk about uni, um, I feel like the community that I found there wasn't, like an embedded community like so the people who are involved um I guess they weren't institutionalized I guess they weren't like I guess the community at uni that I found wasn't interchangeable with uni itself I don't know if that makes sense so it somewhat felt like yes it's a community within uni but it doesn't need the uni to sort of operate or like to live off on yeah um it just felt like oh these people have come here for a similar purpose and they happen to be here Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. at the right time yeah. when I was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they yeah. happen to have similar creative interests, similar mm-hmm. passion and zeal for making. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's where I felt like, oh yeah, this is a community where I feel safe making and feel safe like bringing up my ideas, mm. putting it out there to be criticized and shredded apart mm. and all those things. So yes, community at uni, yeah. um, but not of a uni. No, I, I, g- I get what yeah, you yeah, mean. Yeah. I think, I <laughs> it's think, hard to phrase. I don't I think, know. I think I get yeah. you. It's like uni sort of brought you together. Yes. But it's not necessarily like no. the classes or yeah. No, anything. it's not the yeah. conduit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean. We got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, th- I think that's great. Yeah. Like, um, I th- and I think that's also valid. Like, to still find that sense of community even before Black Tent Arts, or and if you can't find it locally, it's mm. okay to like get out of your way to search it out. Mm. Um, but I guess prior to Black Tent Arts as well, um, were you still able to have a sense of like Western Sydney or? Was that something that was just like lacking prior to volunteering at Blacktown Arts Centre? Or did you even connect to um, (laughs) Western Sydney at all? I think I did connect to it as a resident, but probably not as a creative. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly why I sought the volunteering opportunities. Mm -hmm. So personal connections, 100%. -hmm. Personal network, definitely. I think even across like, Penrith, Parramatta and Inner West as well mm-hmm. but only on a personal like level yeah. um, and not on a creative basis so that was lacking and I was like what doors are there for me to knock on mm-hmm. <laughs> to find creatives in the West mm-hmm. so that's what led me to volunteer and look around more um, so yeah I that's what happened yeah, <laughs> I think that's wonderful yeah as I said like seeking out there yeah. is um, absolutely valid to do and if you can't find what you want mm. you can always just make your own thing yeah. um, and it's lucky that we have like an arts community now like I think yeah it's been existing for a long time and I think we have sort of its own I wouldn't say niche but mm. yeah we, we have get, it, we, it, it has its own style yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but now that you've been workshopping and committing more to um, the arts community here locally um, mm. and act as a very active member of the community. Um, how do you think the community here is like so much different compared to say the community at uni that you sort of immersed yourself in? Mm. Do you think you have a greater sense of belonging or is it like a double-edged sword? I think, um, I guess to compare first, um, like it was like the similar vibe it gives me the similar vibe as I guess when I first met you or like other people from the West in on main campus or something. I think there's a sense of oh, there's an instant common ground that we're that we have and share. Um, there's this like sentiment that we sort of get. Um, so yeah, when I do like connect here or find someone elsewhere that is from like Western Sydney, I think I feel a lot loose. And I feel there's a sense of familiarity. Um, I feel more at home, I guess, just being very honest. Um, and I guess when I'm at uni, I'm also wondering, I wonder if I give off Western Sydney vibes. I think I'm somewhat conscious um, without wanting to. Am I using slangs that are like unique to Western Sydney? Should I own it a bit more and <laughs> put it out but, there? Yeah, but at the same time, it's almost like you don't want to fall into a stereotype. Yeah, that's sort of like, am I adding to the stereotype? I don't know. Are there certain mannerisms about me that give off any clues? So that was so, sort of my personal research. But I guess um, working and making here does make me feel more at ease and at home um and I think something special about the community in Blacktown I guess especially I think we cherish like artistic opportunities um or just like means to gather around art more because they are more scarce and somewhat not very but hidden-ish to me yeah or they were hidden before and I cherish it more and I feel like the people that gather on the opportunity they themselves cherish it as well um yeah I think that's it (laughs) yeah that's so true because you don't really like like the fact that it's like so hidden is not really 
it is a very hidden thing <laughs> like it's so unassuming like you would never guess that like yeah like even one of my friends um a long while back when we had utp um at black town arts center um they had an event like around 2017 mm. like i invited them to it and she was just like to me um i don't know we had a black town art we had an art center oh like, yes i wouldn't guess <laughs> until you showed me it and because it's in such an unassuming spot it's like literally yeah in front of kmart but <laughs> yeah yeah but and i think the fact that you sort of value it your resources a bit more here like mm. yeah like you sort of appreciate a lot more here yeah i you? agree yeah. like i had the exact same experience but with my high school mates um so i think from year seven onwards i was looking for like are there any like art centers around here and i was asking my friends who were born and raised in blacktown and they're like not sure i don't think so <laughs> and this was after i stumbled upon the center and i asked them if they knew about it and they're like oh was there such a thing yeah. and that sort of like yeah. broke my heart but i also like i found something that not even these guys know about so i felt like i found some like hidden trove yeah. that i could like sort of unleash my creative side in yeah. so felt both feelings at the same time yeah. um so i can definitely relate <laughs> to yeah. what you just shared yeah. and and yeah. it's great now that we're sort of coming out of our shelves in terms of um mm. in the west here like now that we have like something like pari ari um yeah in it's great yeah because a lot of those artist friend initiatives are just, like all the way in the city and it's such yeah a <laughs> and but now we have pari ari which is amazing yeah um, yeah i agree and i guess knowing that i have connections there like or like in small collectives that are like budding mm -hmm. in western sydney i think that increases not i guess not increases but somewhat enriches my sense of belonging mm -hmm. um but also i think you asked is it a double-edged sword i think it is because <laughs> explain <laughs> i feel as if this belonging is great and it gives me a lot of comfort and a lot of ease um, but also because a lot of my making was done on campus which is away from western sydney and because i was surrounded 24 7 by mostly non-western sydney people i felt this conflict inside me i was like am i betraying my roots maybe maybe not <laughs> and do i even need to feel this way probably not um but I guess I kept making comparisons and I wasn't sure if it was healthy or I wasn't sure if this was going to propel me to do something good or like propel me to do more art in the West. Um, but I guess, yeah, double-edged sword in the sense that it gives me comfort and conflict at the same time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, I think it's valid. Mm. Yeah. Um, like even if what we have here is just starting to start out like it's still setting the foundations for something yeah and it's been perfect now then you know that's a good opportunity to sort of improve upon it and like you could be mm. there to sort of make things better and all oh. that nice stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not to put so much on you but <laughs> yeah. yeah no you're, you're doing amazing stuff um we're up to the last few questions mm -hmm. um what do you sort of envision for the future of Western Sydney arts? Um, so where do you think you see the arts community growing from here now that you sort of have a sense of mm. what the community has to offer? Yeah, I think my envisioning is very personal. So I feel like um, I'm not sure if they will be valid or like or anything, but these are just my thoughts. Um, so I guess the future... Um, I guess to talk about the future, we sort of need to touch base on where it is sort of currently. And mm -hmm. I think looking at um, just even the artistic connections that Blacktown Art Centre has, it's um, comprised of more, I guess, mature artists, mm -hmm. like who sort of already know their own practice. And I guess as part of the young creatives team, they are trying really hard to bring people our age yeah. more into the scene, yeah, more yeah. freshness, I guess, yeah. as the way they call it. Yeah. Um, so I guess the future is more young, more emerging or early emerging. And I'm assuming with that more contemporary into the West. 
Um, so I think some of the things that the center was concerned about was, ooh, do we want more modern, more contemporary stuff into the center, or like, do we want that sort of influence? And I think that'll come with the young blood. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think yeah. it can happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I think I notice. Um, yeah, as I said, Pari Ari is starting to get a lot more yeah. contemporary. It has a more contemporary demographic, and yeah, I think Campbelltown to an extent, or mm. unless I've been confused with another area. Um, mm. There, th- yeah, I, I think it's important to have those sort of young voices out there. Yeah, so I'm yeah, sort of envisioning more contemporary and more community involved or participatory sort of works come into play so sort of envisioning like later in like local prizes more out there works will show themselves on stage crazy yeah and i guess with um the powerhouse in Parramatta also like coming along um i'm sure that will have a huge influence or an influx of people from outside of western sydney absolutely yeah so i think that'll bring an interesting door I guess right up to our face <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and western Sydney might not be western western Sydney as it used to be before if that influence like full fledges out mm-hmm. um and I guess Parramatta artist years it's just popping off with like oh god absolutely. artists that are just going out there and yeah yeah so I think there'll be a great exchange of people or get I guess like Westerners who Western Sydney siders who go out and mm. people who come into Western mm. Sydney. So I'm sort of envisioning that great exchange, mm. and I'm kind of hoping for rise of more smaller like collectives and more yes. small like independent um institutions. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's sort of what I'm picturing. <laughs> that's not that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think that's a very I think we can reach that future yeah Yeah. (laughs) especially especially this idea of like having collectives out there Mm. like i think um i think it's starting to emerge a bit more because all because we do have um things like the feminist killjoys reading group or Mm. even like the publication here just a platform and we interviewed them last week um i think there's so much power in building um collective Mm. um experiences and like publishing collective things or yeah. putting them up for exhibition it's like yeah like there's so many possibilities with that yeah. um it, like you, you're sort of gathering so many unique voices together and i think that's amazing and I, and just your whole vision in general is amazing mm. and i think we can reach that <laughs> i'm yeah, very I mean, all big and small movements start with collective right? yeah so I'm exactly hoping there is some sort of movement yeah. that emerges out of this and yeah. I guess Mark has seen in Australian art. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And mm. I think it's so, I think it's also very important because you kind of mentioned it, um, that to have like people in the city come down here because mm, yeah. we're so used to like going all the way into the city just to Yeah. I mean like art. ourselves studying in yeah, the city Yeah, studying too. the city. Yeah. And like, you know, you got to reverse, yeah. you got to reverse the roles a little bit. See how yeah. we feel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what workshops do you have coming up? Because um, you have a few, I think. Yeah. So I think most of my workshops um, touch on building basic skills or refining the mm-hmm. basic skills in either abstraction mm-hmm. or sculpting. So upcoming ones are more on the sculpting side and more collaborative works now that restrictions are somewhat easing a little bit more. Yeah. So I think um, I want to like to engage the community a bit more and bring the sense of community a bit back um, at the center. So that's what I'm sort of working with in the workshop. So we might do like drawing tags. Mm. So like you respond to a mark that has been put on there before. Yeah. And you keep looping around (laughs) until the time's up. Or we might collaborate on like still life together Mm. and respond to that still life individually so tapping at the vote individual and the communal yeah together in later workshops yeah (laughs) that oh my god god um yeah did you mention like works coming up yeah got any shows as well (laughs) oh so i do have a small show coming up at the sydney sexual health center Mm -hmm. I think 
across the July-August period. Mm-hmm. And I'll be showing with Sophie Lane, who I also studied with. And we're putting together a show that's quite feminine and emotionally, I guess, intimate. Um, not only because of the nature of the space, mm-hmm. but the things that um, both of our practices touch upon. Yeah. So I'll be showing... Um, photographic prints of like these ceramic pieces that I um, I guess not made but facilitated um, mm-hmm. from this participatory art um, that was also the last sort of um, artwork um, from uni as well mm-hmm. so yeah so that one touches on um, restoring like body-to-body relationships mm-hmm. um, imme- immediately post um, isolation period and I think, yeah, I submitted that thinking, wow, like Sydney Sexual Health Centre, like, and yeah. this project is called the Waiting Room Project. Yeah. And the sentiment of the whole project and the space, mm-hmm. um, I think, spoke to me a lot about like bodily relationships yeah. and like restoring like what's a healthy and normal mm-hmm. sensory interaction or mm-hmm. yeah, physical interaction, that sort of thing. And yeah, I guess they saw that in my work as well so that's what's gonna be showing love that. <laughs> oh my god i look forward to that yeah yeah um, we'll post it in the descriptions and promote the shit out of it well. i think that sounds amazing <laughs> no because i think intimacy in art like there's so much power to that and it's such like i know it's, it's such a weirdly cliche thing because mm. it seems like such an art school thing to sort of look at but i think mm. there's some beauty to that like because mm. yeah I, I think it's i think that's that's a beautiful work to look at so yeah um we're just about to run out of time i still have one last question yeah um what advice would you give to young artists in the area so it's a tricky question because i still consider myself a young artist (laughs) so i was like if i was younger artist younger okay (laughs) okay well i mean you've graduated so i guess yeah you've obviously have a lot of seasoned you're seasoned with a lot of experience so Mm. with that experience what sort of advice would you give to artists who are just entering in um, I guess number one to get involved like put yourself out there and do a bit more research than I did <laughs> and not be scared to talk to artists or hit them up I guess even if you don't get a response Um, so that's kind of like the obvious advice I think Um, I think second important thing I've learned over the course of the couple years is to just keep making whether it be small experiments or like refined work or whether you're in a creative block or something I think you still have to keep the machine like running somehow like um, whatever you're fueling it with um, and I think that's where the small and big breakthroughs um, come and probably lastly is to be a bit kinder to yourself when you don't have those breakthroughs um i think a lot of artists get scrutinized and scrutinize themselves um because it's a field where you have to constantly see other people's work and is and you are influenced by others as well and i think you need to have a bit of room where you're kind and patient with yourself and where you're going how you're progressing is it coming together is it not and i guess having that room to catch yourself when you feel like you can't um, and taking a breather every now and then. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> bit contradictory, mm. um, I guess, yeah. my answers, but um, that balance, I think, is important yeah. to keep making while reassuring yourself that you're doing, that you're making. Yeah. Like, And I think that's important. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's beautiful. And that's such beautiful advice as well. And that's a wonderful note to end on for this interview annie thank you so much for joining us today no worries it was an honor yeah (laughs) you've you've given us such like introspective advice and like your art as always is so beautiful so if anyone wants to see your art where can they find you um so you can find me on instagram at annie s or annie's Mm -hmm. um and that will also have the link to my website as well or you can find me on Mondays at Killing It Studios in Glebe <laughs> if you do want to see my face. Um, or otherwise, I guess, across July and August at the Sydney Sexual Health Centre if you wanted to see my work. 
but mostly Instagram. I'm very active on it. So yeah. Awesome. Mm. Wow. Oh my god. I cannot wait for everyone to look at your work. I will tell everyone to see your show this year. So thank yeah, you. thank you so much again, Annie. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. This episode of the Western Podcast is hosted and edited by Nicole Catalina, with intro and outro music by the Western co-founder Clarissa May. The Western is founded by our editor-in-chief, Laura Ranola, and recorded at our Duneside home in Western Sydney. As of now, we will be taking a break from this season to record more episodes for you guys. Don't miss us too much, we'll be returning in a few weeks' time to announce our new lineup of guests for the rest of the season. Please take the time to listen back to past episodes of the podcast and don't forget to rate and review us on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook at The Western and on Instagram at the.western. Again, that's at the.western. For more interviews, live pieces and content from us, visit our website at thewestern.com.au. Thank you for listening. Peace out.